Hey guys, welcome to the Gridiron Gauntlet, America's number one football game show. On this week's episode, we have our friend Jonah, uh, known on Sleeper as Bill's Baby. Uh, what's going on, Jonah? Hey guys, not much. Just glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Glad to have you. Where are you from, man? Uh, I'm from New Jersey. Grew up here. Uh, still live here. And kind of been here my whole life. Nice. Sweet. I, uh, Sweet. My in-laws are actually in New Jersey. They've been there for a couple of years up in Jersey City. That's cool. Um, what's your favorite team? I think we can kind of guess, but tell us just in case we're wrong. Uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Awesome. Been a Bills fan since I was four. Nice. Why is that? Uh, my dad's from Buffalo, and he decided that his son had to be into football, so he's been taking me to games since I was two, three. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Legacy fan. Exactly. And, uh, I'm proud. Bills that's and a, That seems to be a, a – I mean, there are some franchises that just – I mean, all franchises have their diehards, but it, there are some franchises that seem that, like, take it really seriously. I mean, all the New York sports teams are like that, but – Buffalo is definitely one of those franchises that has a, a hardcore following, you know, like it passes yeah. down from generation to generation. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm on, I'm on trivia tonight. That'll come out a little bit later, but doing some research for the trivia section, I uh, I respect that organization a hell of a lot. <laughs> Gosh. So, uh, so Jonah, uh, what was your opinion of Josh Allen? What has it been this whole time? Was it a roller coaster ride? Have you always loved Josh Allen? What's the deal with that? Um, so right leading up to the draft, I started like watching, uh, footage of all the guys. Um, I liked Baker, but I was never super excited to, uh, to, uh, for the Bills to draft him. I feel like he was just like a, you know what you're going to get from him. He'll make some nice passes, you know, short throws, maybe some nice deep looking ones, but maybe like a nine and seven quarterback. That's how I always viewed him. Right. Um, I did not want um sam darnold he looked like he just <laughs> did what he was told which is easy to say now but that's what i've been saying the whole time like he he didn't look like he was the best at improvising sure or, or reading coverage um and then i loved rosen who right now just seems to be <laughs> the worst of all of them right and uh Allen, though, when I watched his, like, highlights and some games, like, every game he was consistent, he played the same way, and he always helped the offensive line, you know, when understanding, like, the blitz that could be coming. So I was excited for him. I thought the Broncos were for sure going to draft him, so when they didn't, I was pretty excited. You know, obviously, I, I loved his potential, and yeah. I always thought he was more accurate than people realized, and I think one reason is because he does throw that ball really hard. Yeah, he does. He was our gonna drop that which is always gonna be there but i i think he he looks great he doesn't look like the the all-time greats but he definitely could you know help the bills franchise with a good overall team maybe win a super bowl so i'm nice. excited for him nice yeah. there you go yeah definitely the best shot you've had in a while yeah i think yeah the best shot i've ever seen right and uh derek Derek's had his back this whole time, so uh, ever right. since day one, they know it. I've been I've been uh, rooting for him ever since. I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. Me too. Yeah. I didn't care what team he went to. I just I knew he'd succeed. 
Yeah. So I have been the opposite. I have been a huge detractor <laughs> until this season. He's proved me wrong. I think he's playing really well. I mean, it's not just think so. He is playing really well. But I have been very down on him until very recently. And I mean, it makes sense. There's certain throws that I'll see. As always, our show will begin with the coin toss section, like, in which our guest is asked three questions that, based on NFL current events. Unique. Each question will have two possible answers. Up to 20 points can be earned in this section, and the number of questions our guest answers correctly will determine their position in our upcoming primetime picks draft. Let the coin toss begin. All right, for our first question. With their most recent game, did the Packers become the first or the second team since the merger to score 40-plus points against all their division opponents in a single season? First. Second. Mm. Who was the first? I don't know. Derek gave me that stat. (laughs) I didn't look it up either. (laughs) All right. I'll look it up. I'll vet it. You guys keep going. All right. Um, uh, So for my question, uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, the first female player to ever start in a Power 5 game, was the kicker for Vanderbilt or Wake Forest? Vanderbilt. That is correct. And before we move on to Derek's question, uh, I would like to introduce our our new fun female computer host, Sarah, uh, dedicated to and in honor of Sarah Fuller. She will be introducing all of our segments from here on out because Sarah Fuller is awesome. Hell yeah. And now for Derek. All right. Deshaun Watson's touchdown passes on Thanksgiving. He surpassed which QB for the fourth most touchdown passes in his first 50 games? Peyton Manning or Johnny Unitas? I'm just going to go as Peyton Manning. Right. And you know what? You couldn't have got it wrong because he actually passed both of them. Because Johnny <laughs> and Peyton Manning were both tied at 91. Nice. Got your freebie. Hey, uh, real quick, speaking of Thanksgiving, did you guys know that the two winning teams on Thanksgiving both scored 41 points and the two losing teams combined scored 41? No, No, I didn't. Do you have a conspiracy theory? Uh, yes. (laughs) It's not formed, but I will be developing a a theory. I'll get back to you. (laughs) All right, so you got two right. Uh, which means you earn 10 points, and that means you're going to go second in our draft, which means the order is going to be Mike, you, myself, and Derek. Ugh, bad week to go last. I wanted to go second. This is good. In our primetime picks section, we will hold a four-round snake draft where our guests will challenge our hosts to see who the greatest drafter is. Each drafter will select a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end in any order they feel is most strategic. The player pool consists only of those playing in primetime games this upcoming weekend and each player will accrue PPR fantasy points. Let the drafting begin. Alright, so this week's teams uh, in the primetime slots are Denver, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Washington. So we can only select players from those teams, and uh, Jonah will earn points based on where he ends up amongst the four of us. 
So, uh, Mike, you are on the clock first. Yes, sir. So, looking at the teams this week, looking at the positions, I actually don't really want to go first because I feel like with everything being wide open, it's just kind of hard. Um, there's a couple of good quarterbacks. I'm not super worried about that. Tight end is always sketchy, so I think that's a pretty easy lock-in. I'm going to go with Eric E. But just kidding. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Whoa. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, man. I was, re- I was ready for you to, like, pick a quarterback. <laughs> I was going to go right. right. Oh, gosh. Um, We're not going to make this like touch like, chess where if you touch it, you, you know, I don't get Eric Ebron because I started <laughs> saying his name. <laughs> oh, man, I was not thinking of a backup player to draft once you uh, did not see that one coming. <laughs> Should have. Um, I'm going to go CEH. All right. All right. Clyde, love that. All right. Um, hmm. So, quick question before I pick: Does Kendall Hinton count as a quarterback or a wide receiver? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, do I mean, you think he's going to start again? I mean, I would be glad if you pick him. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, maybe I could get some QB does points it, in my wide receiver slot. Does, does it make a difference? <laughs> yeah. Nice. He scored negative points this past week. I don't think it does. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm aware. I started him in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> All right. I um, fell for it. See, I'm going to go with, you know, it's helped me out a lot last week, and the running backs are a little scarce. So I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson again this week. Dang it. I was, I don't know why I thought that after that turkey, but I was really hoping that he'd uh, sneak around. Yeah, well, I mean, no. great because he put up such a strong game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, Derek, you got back to back. What are you taking? Hey, uh, all right. Wide receivers, I'm pretty good with anybody I've got jotted down on my list. There's obviously some better than others. Tight ends, probably the thinnest behind Kelsey. Running backs getting thin. All right, let me do. I'm gonna do tight end first, and I'm gonna take Logan Thomas. Yep, yep. that's not a bad one. After that, my decision is go ahead and lock in. Probably the next best available running back, or go ahead and swing for the fence and lock in the best quarterback so I don't have to worry about that and I get those points and just deal with what running back falls to me. So I think I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna take Mahomes. Smart. Good pick. Hmm. All right, Ian, over to you. Hmm. There's some good quarterbacks this week. I don't know if I want to wait completely because I got stuck with Alex Smith last week. Well, I didn't get stuck with him. I could have picked Carson Wentz, but I didn't believe in him. Um, good choice. I mean, it looked like that was a good choice for a minute there. Right. I mean, Alex Smith versus Dallas, you'd think, you know, everyone else goes goes off against Dallas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Thanks, um, <laughs> but, but it is a little different. <laughs> Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith versus Pittsburgh is a little different, though. So I don't want to wait. So I think I'm going to roll with Josh Allen this week. Understandable. All right, Jonah, back to you. Hope I didn't snipe you. 
Um, you did, but I wasn't like. I thought you would pick him. A lot of potential there. Oh yeah. Um. But I don't have to worry about a tight end yet, because Mike already has one. So. Correct. Mm -hmm. Smart. Play in the game. <laughs> That's what I like to see. <laughs> and honestly, even at quarterback, Drew Locke or Big Ben, both can put up 20 points. So, I'm definitely going wide receiver. Not Denver. Not, no, not Pittsburgh, not Washington. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Tyreek Hill. Smart. I guess I'm Chiefs all the way right now. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, yeah. back to back. Okay, well, I feel like I need to go running back here um, at some point. I'm also going to take my quarterback because I would prefer to have Big Ben, so I'm going to lock him in first. And then it's kind of do you take one of the revolving door running backs in San Francisco that they have a great, I mean, they, somebody is going to do great. Somebody's going to get points. Or do I take a shot on Melvin Gordon and hope that he can fall into the end zone a couple of times? <laughs> I don't really see them running a lot against Kansas city. <laughs> don't feel like the game script would go that way. And San Francisco is going to run no matter what. Uh, Raheem Mostert didn't re-hurt himself this week, did he? I mean, there's a good chance that he might have in any given game. Right. I think that that's going to be my pick. I'm gonna, Literally I'm gonna... just Google to see if Mostert was hurt before this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go Raheem Mostert there. Nice. Jerk. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Back to you, Jonah. All right. So now I have to pick a tight end. Wait, who's who is picked? Logan Thomas. And oh, yeah, we have it written down. So Logan Thomas, Thomas and Kelsey. Kelsey. Oh, so Ebron's still available? Correct. Yeah. Okay, I'm picking Ebron. Nice. Yeah, I know it's confusing because Mike jokingly picked Ebron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, you know, respect. I, I like I like the player, but he's not right. Travis Kelsey. Right. Well, um, I was thinking about Ebron. Um, I'm a big Noah Fant fan, and assuming Drew Locke comes back, I'll be good with that. But And I can say that out loud because Derek can't pick a tight end. So I'm going with my wide receiver now. Um, these are some of those teams that could be anybody any given week, right? I mean, but, all three of the Pittsburgh guys are probably safe. <laughs> right. Um, part of me wants to do the digs, the, you know, the bill stack. Mm. I mean, Diggs is uh, – part of me wants to go Claypool. I don't know what it is, like just a huge, you know, just that upside. But Diggs is the safer pick, so I'm going to go with the stack. And back to you, Derek. Uh, sitting here scrambling, trying to figure out which running back I want to take. Mm. All right, Diggs, that was who I was hoping would fall back to me. So – I already took Logan Thomas, so I definitely don't want to 
double down on pass catchers against Pittsburgh. So I'm going to pass on Terry, even though I love me some Terry McLaurin. So that leaves either the trifecta of Pittsburgh against Washington or Debo Samuel. He didn't hurt himself again this week, did he? Let me, I'm just going to double check. No, he's no, good. He didn't. And also, I think Brandon Ayuk is off the COVID list now, if you are considering him at all. Yep. Is he? He's yeah. the reason that I would possibly be hesitating on Debo, because Debo looked great this last week, but who knows, because Ayuk looked good, too, before he missed some time. Mm-hmm. I was actually, I think it's more better for Debo to have another playmaker there. Sure. Yeah. The field. I'm sure it's better for the team uh, overall, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense to have uh, someone taken away and just taking away the coverage and stuff. Yeah, I can't can't wait to see all those two and Kittle finally all healthy. Yeah, I would also Garoppolo and be scared of the Bills' passing defense. Yeah, that's true too. I think I'm gonna go with Debo. Something's telling me to pick him this week. Ooh. Couldn't talk you out of it. No, you could. <laughs> We'll see what happens. All right, and then running back. Man, this is trash. Um, I either – my options pretty much are Singletary, which I really don't want to be forced to do. I mean, pretty much the choice with Singletary or Melvin Gordon. You're just hoping somebody falls in the end zone. Benny Snell did get some good work today, and he looked halfway decent. And if Connor was placed on the COVID list, what, two days ago? So that puts him out for next week's game. So why not? Benny Snell. All right. Taking the shot. Since most of it was taken from me, I figured he would come back around. (laughs) That is the way a draft works. (laughs) Mike knows you too well. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) All right, Ian, over to you. Uh, so my final pick is tight end, and I mean, even since after the first pick, I've been kind of hoping and expecting to take Noah Fant, and as I said last round, I am going to, so there you go. And I just want to double check, Drew Locke is not injured, right? You said if Drew Locke comes back earlier? Well, it's, he was he and all the, you know, with the COVID stuff, I think that they all ended up testing negative now. Correct. They are all they're all going to be good to go for the next game. That's what he meant. The because of the fact that they didn't play, none of the quarterbacks were um, available last week. But he's been activated from the COVID list. Right. Yes. Yeah. As of one day ago. I will uh, take Drew Lock. All right. Nice. That brings it to me to wrap it up. And it's funny because I do actually still have some good choices here. Um, it's like, do I choose one of the three? Pittsburgh guys, or do I choose Terry McLaurin? Because neither is a bad choice. It's just, I don't know which of the Pittsburgh guys to take. Mm. I am going to take... Mm. Give me Juju. Juju. Okay. Uh, Taking the shot. Speaking of Juju, I looked it up after the game today. Did you know Juju has not had a has had one hundred yard game in the last two years? Really? Yeah. 
Like he, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Obviously, like Juju's a, a solid player, but when Antonio Brown was there, that's when he was, you know, having those huge games. He's had one yeah. big one in the last two years. Juju's I, a bit uh, slower than your average receiver. Right. Him. So I think that hurts him. Yeah. Well, um, as we alluded to before the draft, uh, you are going to earn points based on how your total fantasy points stack up against ours. So you could earn up to uh, 30 points if you come in first place among the four of us. But if you come in fourth, you get zero. And that's what D ended up with. He ended up in fourth place against us. He had 46 points, uh, came in fourth place. So his total, grand total from last week is 60 points which puts him third on our leaderboard behind Gabby and Jeremy. And now we can move on to trivia hosted by Michael. That's me. In our trivia section, two of our hosts will help guide our guests to the correct answers of five trivia questions prepared by our weekly trivia moderator. Hosts will share their thoughts, then our guest will decide to heed their advice or go in alone to submit an answer. Our guest can earn up to 30 points in this section. Let the trivia begin. Alright, this week I am going to be giving you guys a little bit of a history lesson on a franchise that many people are very enamored with, and that would be the Buffalo Bills. So... (laughs) The first question is going to be a big throwback, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe you've got uh, some random trivia in your back pocket there, Jonah. But if not, hopefully you guys can figure this one out. Question number one. The Saints and Bills first played against each other in a regular season game in 1973. The Saints gained their first ever shutout, defeating O.J. Simpson and the Bills. 13 to nothing. Who was the Bills' starting quarterback in that game? Was it A, Jack Kemp, B, Joe Ferguson, or C, Dennis Shaw? All three are former Bills quarterbacks. Which was it in that game in 1973? Ian, why don't you give us your thoughts? (laughs) Uh, Well, those are my thoughts. Just oof. Uh, I have... No idea. I don't recognize any of those names. Uh, so, I'm of no use to this. Uh, hopefully, Jonah knows his Bills history. I'll just say, if I have to say something, I'll say Jack Kemp because it's the name I remember. <laughs> so, what I do you think, gonna, Derek? So, I was going to say that name because the only name that I recognize out of the three. But other than that, I I am no help either. My my historical Bills trivia is not up to what it should be. <laughs> That far back, at least. I didn't think you were going to pull back into the 70s there, Mike. That's that thing for all of us. <laughs> so uh, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm going to get all these, but it's not Kemp. All right. Yeah. All right. Why is that? And I, because I just know, I never heard like stuff like uh, that he got shut out in the first game versus the Saints and the Bills, and I feel like I would have heard that from my father at some point. <laughs> you know, okay. like, got that uh, legacy knowledge. Yeah, right. um, I don't remember. So because of that, and then I don't, I don't even remember the third name you said. What was that? I can't. I, for some reason, I can't remember. So the third name it was Joe Jack Ferguson. Kemp, Joe Ferguson, and Dennis Shaw. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Joe Ferguson. 
Joe I'm, Ferguson is I'm correct. Nice, nice, man. Joe Good Ferguson. Job. wasn't Jack Kemp. I, for some reason, I don't even know who Shaw is, and I feel like so, I... Shaw was a only he only started for like a year or two uh just before the joe ferguson era joe ferguson was a louisiana native he played uh in high school and college in louisiana so it was a special connection that in that first game they played them also fun fact in that game oj simpson was held to only 79 yards rushing which was his second lowest game total of the season and he went on to rush for over 2,000 yards that year whoa so that was a special game um also i don't have the stats written down but i also read that the saints won uh handily the the two games before this and the the two games after this were smashed or that might be reversed but it was that was back when the saints were not a great team and they just had a really weird season where they were shutting some people down and then just getting utterly destroyed by others so that was back in the baghead era yeah yeah you know uh (laughs) the ain'ts right but That was just a little scare tactic. I wanted to give you guys a little fright after Derek gave us his uh, old man trivia. So (laughs) none of the rest of the games will be quite that far into the past. Uh, I didn't go that far back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he got it right anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Did he play with – did Jack Kemp play with OJ? I don't know if he played with OJ. He played just after. He played following Joe Ferguson. Okay. Question number two. The Bills and the Browns have faced each other 22 times in total, but only once in the postseason. On January 6th, 1990, Jim Kelly and the Bills were trying to catch the Browns, who were up 34-24. to and it looked like it just might happen until the Browns caught a couple of lucky breaks in the last five minutes of the game. Which one of these plays iced the game for the Bills? Was it A, linebacker Clay Matthews Jr. intercepting Jim Kelly? Was it B, running back Ronnie Harmon dropping a pass in the end zone? Or was it C, place kicker Scott Norwood slipping on ice? And just so you guys know, all three of these things happened in the last five minutes of the game. But which was the final nail in the coffin? Was it Clay Matthews' interception, Ronnie Harmon's dropped pass, Scott Norwood slipping on ice? Hmm. Jonah seems very confident. I mean, I know we're not – you guys can't see his face like we can. He seems very confident in that second option. Uh, Definitely not the third. I, I feel like it's not the third, but maybe uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll be shocked. Um, I'm going to go with – a, uh, the interception, only because Jim Kelly has the worst luck in human history. <laughs> so I'm going to roll with uh, the interception to Clay Matthews. Derek? What do you th- did you say the final score, Mike? The final score of the game? I did not. Uh, so I, feel like it's, I feel like it's either A... Or C, just due to the fact that, depending on the final score, it could have come down to, like, a last-minute field goal or something, and the kicker could have slipped. But uh, it just sounds plausible and, like, something that would happen. But my gut is more leaning towards A with the Clay Matthews interception. All right. So I don't think it's C for one reason, which is I know that he missed a kick uh, wide right you know, in the future years to come. 
All right. Uh, is it, I'm going to go B. I really want to say A now because you two are going A, and I feel like there's a lot of the choice is yours, sir. But I'm, I'm, I am staying with uh, B. All right. The correct answer was, in fact, A. Ooh. Linebacker Ooh. Clay Matthews intercepting Jim Kelly. So the Bills forced a three-and-out punt um, after – oh, one thing I didn't say was that Scott Norwood slipped on ice, missing the extra point with four minutes left. So the final score of the game was 34-30. to 30. I was not going to say that because then – it might make it obvious that there was a missed extra point. Ah, um, he missed that with four minutes left. Then the Bills forced a three and out after um, after that missed extra point and proceeded to drive down the field in two and a half minutes with 15 plays. And they included two fourth down conversions. So it looked like they just might win it. Then with nine seconds left in the game, Ronnie Harmon dropped a pass in the end zone. And on the very next play, linebacker Clay Matthews Jr., <laughs> intercepted Jim Kelly and immediately knelt the ball because in a brief, a previous game, he tried to lateral and the ball was fumbled fumbled and they lost the game. This is a very fascinating, uh, historical read. Um, and it was a, it was, it was a bad break for the bills. That's a good, that was a good question. I remember the Ronnie Harmon drop. I did not, Oh man, that's good. Learned something. And they new. were playing. It was uh the just for context, the uh the the Browns were playing. I mean the Bills were playing a prevent defense. So line uh, Clay Matthews was the only linebacker, and all the rest were DBs. They were only rushing a couple of guys. So Great. it was uh they were it was not working out for them until that very last play. <laughs> I guess when Ian is confident, you should stick with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like the sound of that. Question number three. (laughs) Moving uh, a little bit closer in a little bit more recent history. In 1999, the Bills set a franchise record that still stands today for the lowest points allowed in a 16-game season with 229 points. This was a franchise record for the Bills and allowed the fewest total yards in the league that year. The team went 11-5 and five in the regular season and qualified for the postseason for the eighth time in a decade. But their season ended in the wild card round after which famous NFL moment? Was it A, wide right, previously mentioned, B, the comeback, or C, the Music City Miracle? All three are real plays that involve the Bills. Oh, jeez. Well, I can help you both out, and it's not wide right. <laughs> All right. What do you got, Derek? 99. I'm trying to go back in my mental Rolodex here. <laughs> what was what was what were the options? Wide the right. The options were wide right, also known as the miss, the comeback, yeah. and the Music City Miracle. I am not familiar with the comeback tag, <clears throat> so I want to say, because I'm not familiar with that, I'm going to go with, and the Music City Miracle took place during a playoff game. That much I do remember. Versus so, the Oilers, I think, or the Titans? I don't know. I don't know yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to go with Music City Miracle. I'm going to go with that one. I know it was during a playoff game. And it was around that year mark, give or take a few either way. 
if that helps one way or the other. Part of me wants to go with B. I don't know what that is. I mean, Jonah eliminated the comeback. Or not the comeback, rather, the uh, the wide right. The Music City Miracle, I don't know why that doesn't sound right. I, I want to say that was the year later, in 2000. Because I think that was, I want to say that was the Titans playoff run that ended up in the Super Bowl, right, against the Rams. I'm pretty sure it was in the Super Bowl run because I'm pretty sure who the team that won that game made it to the Super Bowl. Right. Remember, and, remember though, I, I, I'm pretty confident it was a playoff game. So if it was a playoff game, that could technically push it into the year 2000, but we're talking the 99-year league. So if that might be... Well, well, I'm talking. Well, the Super Bowl was the Super Bowl they were in was the 2001 Super Bowl against the Rams. Right. Okay. So okay. it's the 2000 season. So if it was 99. I want to go the comeback. I don't even know what that is, but I feel like I can eliminate the miracle. I could be wrong. Could be totally wrong. But I'm just gonna go with the comeback. Jonah, that's, that's like my gut feeling too. Is the comeback? I'm like trying to. For some reason, I can't remember what year the Music City Miracle happened. No matter how many times I've watched that play. But I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it didn't happen in a wild card game. That's really what I, I want to believe. But, oh, boy. All right, all right. We're going to go with the comeback. And the correct answer is C, the Music City Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I am just happy to know that it, now it happened in a wild card game. So, My wide dad, right was the heartbreaking loss in the first of the Bills' infamous four Super Bowl appearances when kicker Scott Norwood, sound familiar, missed a 47-yard go-ahead field goal in the closing seconds of the game in 1991. The comeback was the NFL record largest comeback ever when the Bills overcame a 32-point deficit to beat the then Oilers in overtime in the first round of the playoffs in 93. Oh, that's Uh. a good one. To. Oh my gosh. The Music City Miracle was a game in which Rob Johnson was started instead of Doug Flutie. Down by two points with one minute and 48 seconds to go, Johnson drove down the field in five plays, including the final two from scrimmage played with one shoe after losing one and not having time to put it back on. The Bills scored a field goal looking like they were going to lock up the game and kicked the ball off with 16 seconds to go, and the rest the is history. Do the have a miracle left in them in what has been a magical season to this point? If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Pitches it, to... it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got it. 40, He's got 40, it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans! There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! Tennessee has pulled a miracle! All right, question number four. This loss, the Music City Miracle, was a major turning point for the only franchise in NFL history to play in four consecutive Super Bowls. The Music City Miracle set off a chain of events starting when the Bills fired longtime special teams coordinator Bruce DeHaven and ended with an 18-year playoff drought. 1999 was the, also the last season that Bruce Smith, Andre Reid, and Thurman Thomas, the only three players from the four consecutive Super Bowls, played together due to the trio being released because of salary cap issues. 
which team did one of these players not sign with in the year 2000? So we're talking about Bruce Smith, Andre Reid, and Thurman Thomas. All three signed with new teams following the 1999 season. Which team did one of them not sign with? Was it A, Washington, B, San Diego, or C, Miami? Mm -hmm. Well, I, again, have no idea. Um <laughs> But I'm going to go with A because I feel like this might sound dumb, but sort of a metagame thing. I feel like we've done a lot of B and C, so I'm going to go with A here. <laughs> Evil whatever, yeah, whatever A is, that's what I'm going with. A was the Washington football team, right? Correct. They were the, then the Redskins. That's and wrong. B, San Diego. A is definitely wrong. Sorry, Ian. Okay. That's uh, sorry. That is who Bruce Smith then signed with. That much, pretty calm. I'd, I'd say 99% confident. Okay. I know he played for Washington. I just don't know if there was a team in between the Bills and Washington. And then you said San Diego and Miami. Oh. Correct. I don't have a gut on the other ones. and I, ha I have no hunch, no information, no inkling, no nothing. So I've at least eliminated, I think, one for you, Jonah. <laughs> I do not think it's A. All right, so, All right, so. I'm uh, d definitely this time listening to your advice on not taking A, which means, Ian, would you like to throw in some input for B or C? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so what were the other two names besides Bruce Smith? It was Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas. Andre Reed is a wide receiver. Thurman Thomas is a running back. No, I got nothing, man. I'm sorry. That is not. Uh, those are not names I recognize super well. So I'm. I'm no help here. So apparently, I only like to pick B. And I. I feel like I'm gonna have to stick with B because I. I can't imagine if there's one of those teams that they chose not to go to that, the team isn't the Miami Dolphins. Um. And don't even remember ever hearing like Andre Reed or Thurman Thomas on the Dolphins. So that's what I mean. They didn't go to the, the Dolphins is C. The Dolphins is C. Yes, B oh, is I'm San Diego, C is Miami. Going with C. C. Okay. The correct answer is B, San Diego. Oh, <laughs> no. Reed and Smith, Reed, Bruce Smith. And Andre Reed both signed with Washington, and Thomas signed with Miami. Where, I was going to say, I think Thomas went to Miami, if I had to guess. Where his uh -huh. career ended when he was injured. Uh, he injured his knee versus San Diego in week 11 of the of 2000. Nice. So, so how little I know about that history. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a tough one, but uh, I, I it deserved to be mentioned. And these three players all only went one further team. They... Um, Washington and I mean uh, Reed and Smith both only played for Washington Thomas only played for Miami and then they retired um, here's some interesting facts about these three players they were Thomas is one of only 20 running backs to ever win NFL MVP award in 65 years of being awarded including a 10-year stretch in which a player was named from both the AFC and the NFC which effectively brings the number of opportunities for a running back to win it up to 75 one of only 20 Andre Reed currently ranks 18th in NFL history in total career receptions with 951, and at the time of his retirement, he was the second in all-time career receptions. And Bruce Smith 
still holds the record for career sacks with 200, which is only two more than second, but 40 more than third. Hmm. They, what I uh, kill to see the high-flying offense in today's NFL. Yeah, that that was uh that it just was outstanding to me that these three players made such a huge impact that the Bills went to eight playoff they went to the playoffs eight times in ten years and went to four consecutive Super Bowls, which is an unmatched feat. And the year after they left, the Music City Miracle, they uh, fired the special teams coordinator who had been with the team through that entire period. He had been with the team for thirteen years, and these three players left due to salary cap issues. And then there was an eight eight eighteen year playoff drought. Pretty crazy. For Tyrod Taylor, how he did it, I have no idea. All right. Final question. Final question. I have met Bruce Smith, and he is a mammoth, mammoth of a man. He met him. The largest human beings I've ever seen. He could like palm my forehead with the size of his hands if he wanted to. It's crazy to me that he's. I mean, Michael Strahan holds the single season record for sacks with 22 and a half. Yeah. Uh, and the third place on the all-time career sacks list is 40 behind two. That's twice Michael Strahan's record-breaking season for anybody wow. to even get close to catching Bruce Smith, uh, except for I don't remember. Gosh, I, I don't want to guess. But second all-time had 198. They were very close. Wow. Um, okay, final question. Bringing it to current the 2019 season was the first time in 20 years that the Bills had a 10-win season. On Thanksgiving Day, the Bills and the Cowboys faced each other for the 13th time in the history of their franchises, with the Bills coming out on top. Which of these players was responsible for the longest scoring touchdown of the game? Was it A, Josh Allen, B, Dak Prescott, or C, neither? Last the year. longest scoring play of the game, you said? The longest scoring touchdown of the game. So not a kick. Not a kick is either quarterback or neither last Thanksgiving. Well, I also don't forget that uh, I think John Brown threw a pass to, I think, <laughs> Devin yeah. Singletary. Yep. I nice. remember that. Probably nice. Uh, not 30 yards. I know that. It wasn't that deep. It was around. It was between 20 and, and 30 yards. I don't know how much. So no. you have that to account for. But I don't know. I think I think Cole Beasley like went off that game too as well. I think he had like an 18-yard 18 yard touchdown. Reception. So he could easily be in that. When so you we're say between Dak, Josh Allen, and nobody or someone else, essentially, right? And John right. Brown, I guess, throwing the twenty-something yarder. Right. When you say like the, uh, you're talking about when you say counted for, you're implying that it doesn't matter who the receiver is. Just yes. Which touchdown. player was responsible for the longest scoring touchdown of the game? Okay. And and. If it the receiver would be eligible no matter what if he chose anything other than the quarterback because it's neither. Don't think it was Josh Allen. I think 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with neither. I think I I want to say I'm leaning towards either John Brown's pass because it was somewhere around 30 yards, if I remember right, or well, I can't remember if Cole Beasley scored a touchdown or not, but I know he, he went did. off that game. But it was like I think it's one of the two. I think it's one of the two of them. So I'm gonna go with neither. I don't think it was Dak or Josh Allen. But if Beasley scored the touchdown, Josh Allen threw it to him. That's true. That is- but I'm pretty sure Beasley was like, I remember it was like a 10-yard pass, I think, and then he, he was also like, I think, wide open and he just then ran like five yards into the end zone, eight, you know, something like that. I feel like with Mike's trickery, the answer is going to be John Brown. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with neither. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I think. Ian? Uh, so I, I don't remember this game hardly at all, if, if I do. Um. Uh, I, I mean, I trust you. I mean, your your Bills knowledge has seemed pretty solid so far, and that John Brown thing sounds like something Mike would pull. Um, <laughs> and the only other thing that makes me want to say not that is because we haven't had A as an answer hardly. But other than, <laughs> but I'm not gonna roll with that. That's way too uh too much of a stretch. So I'll, yeah, I'll go with you guys. Let's go with neither. I mean, if that's what you want to do. I'm trying. What was I'm trying to think of what the final score was. Are you let a Say, Mike. Uh, I I don't know the final score. The Bills did win that game. Yes, they yes. did. I just I don't remember. I did Amari Cooper score a touchdown? I don't I'm believe so. Sure. I think um, my boy Jason Witten did, and another. Because I know that Dak was going up like at the end of the game. I know Zeke didn't score. Yeah, I don't think it's definitely not a, in my opinion, a running back, like a touchdown run. I just. I'm going with neither. That's what I think. I'm gonna go with it. I think Mike's trying to trick us. <laughs> I'm going with Dak or neither. I'm thinking, and I can't wait for the answer to be Josh Allen now. But, um, yeah, you know, based on what you guys are saying, let's go with neither. The correct answer is C. Neither. And I have a note in my um, notes here to give you bonus points for knowing the play, and you are correct. It was when John Brown became the first Bills wide receiver to throw for a touchdown when he sent a 28-yard pass to Devin Singletary on a double reverse play just before halftime to take the lead, which they would not surrender for the remainder of the game. Wow. The main reason I remember that play so well is because it was not a top 15 play on NFL YouTube. <laughs> and you were salty about it. I was so salty. I think they had a <laughs> wide receiver touchdown pass, and I was just, like, blown away by the fact that, like, you're not going to put both on there. Like, it was nuts. I watched, I watched the play, and it was, it was a great play. It was a double yeah. reverse, um, and Brown threw it right to Singletary, who was wide open. Um, it was, in fact, a 28-yard pass. It was not a catch and run. Um, they... The leading scorer, the leading the leading yardage receiver of that game was in fact Cole Beasley, and ah. I would have loved to been able to say the longest scoring play of the game instead of touchdown, but there was one kick that was longer. Um, also, interesting fact: right before, I believe it was right before that game, uh, right before that play, 
was the play when Josh Allen fumbled the ball, recovered his own fumble, and then got the uh, – I think uh, he got a first down. I yeah. remember that. It was yeah, I know. It's all too familiar to me. It was too recent. <laughs> he really destroyed those Cowboys. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we'll get I there see. one day. Well, so what? What do you want to give me? How much? How many extra points do you want to give Mike? Well, I was thinking five because that's what we gave Goodrich for the uh, knowing Richard Rogers, but he almost nailed the yardage as well. So I think we give him ten. Ten's good with me. And he also knew who John Brown threw the pass to as well. We should that give him. I didn't remember. I knew John Brown him, threw. I'm gonna give him 100 extra points. <laughs> <laughs> You did great, and I uh, I just I know that I was a little long-winded with my trivia tonight, but I was just fascinated by the roller coaster that was the Bills between in the 90s till now to be such a storied franchise, to be the only team to ever make four Super Bowls in a row, to win none of them, to be this fantastic offense and a good defense as well, and then just one crazy wild card game set off a chain reaction because if if they win that game and they go to the Super Bowl, do you think that they find a way to pay their players? Do you think that not firing Bruce DeHaven, who had been on the team for 13 years, somehow changes the way? Oh, and I didn't include this in my notes afterwards, but the 2000 season, the season after they fired Scott DeHaven, was one of the worst single season special teams, um, I don't know, seasons for any team in the history of the NFL. That's like statistically true. Like they had the worst, one of the worst seasons for special teams ever. What a blow up. And it was, it was crazy. And then now to see them kind of coming back and getting back, getting back some steam, they're in the runnings for the playoffs this year. It's, it's a, it's a good, I felt like I watched a a documentary about the bills (laughs) last night. I think if you want my opinion that whoever won that game with the music city miracle and since that's the year what is was going to win the super bowl that's my that was my opinion from yep. uh, my dad's my dad's opinion i would say because I, sure. I wasn't really <laughs> able to experience that how no. old are you 25 okay so i think i was four yeah in 1999 right right on yeah. well um so you completed trivia. You got two right, but you got some extra points. So you're, we're going to give you uh, 20 points from that plus the 10 you already have. So you're up to 30 points. Um, and now we're going to move on to our debate. Oh. In our debate section, our guest will challenge one of our hosts on a topic provided for them before the start of our show. The debate will be judged by our other two hosts and they will base their final decisions on the merit of the arguments, not personal or preconceived opinion. After each contestant shares their opening remarks, the floor will be open to discussion for four minutes. Let the debate begin. All right, so we have Jonah versus Ian tonight in the debate, with the question being overtime rules, college or current pro rules. Jonah is arguing the current pro rules side. Whenever you're ready, Jonah, take us away for your opening comments. My opening comments, I will start with overtime. Uh, current rules allows for strategy uh, of the standard game, whereas in the college rules, you are taking away a lot of the field and a lot of different strategies that the team can implement. 
Um, you're also taking away the special teams, which to me is a vital part of the game, and I feel like most people would agree, which is why it's still here. And um, also, overtime forces teams to be more well-rounded uh, right now, whereas I think in college that's really not the case, and we can get into that later. And um, people like to argue that, well, you get the ball first, score a touchdown, you win, but only 21.7% of the games in 2019 ended in a touchdown. 14% were field goals. So the odds of winning on the first drive of OT is actually pretty low. Hmm. Fair enough. I was hoping you didn't have a stat for that because that was would have been easy to try and throw in there. But um, <laughs> I think uh, I'm going with the other side there, the college uh, rules, meaning uh, do I think that the college rules should be implemented in the NFL over the current pro rules of, uh, you know, whoever scores first in that period. Uh, mine my opinion being that uh, college rules specifically, I think it provides a fair shot for each team. They get the same yardage. They get the same potential to score with offense versus defense. Both the offense and the defense get a chance uh, to stop or succeed. And also, I think my biggest, my main point is uh, there are too many ties in the NFL. And I think that that is the worst the least entertaining thing in the sports world is a tie. Uh, and the college rules, they just keep on going until somebody wins. And I prefer that. So, uh, so that's where I'm at with it. Do you have a rebuttal, Jonah? Oh, yes. I just wasn't sure. But, okay, so I feel like I can rebuke both those points. I will start with a fair shot. I 100% wholeheartedly disagree because you are shortening the field, again, getting rid of special teams, as I hate to repeat myself, which some teams thrive on. Um, Just look at Atlanta versus uh, Dallas. Um, um, Also, because you're shortening that field and you're essentially saying to teams that don't really have a good defense – Hey, let's make it easier for you. Let's have you cover less field. Let's have you have work a more straightforward strategy of how you want to approach this. And why should teams be rewarded for that? As well as then if you have a great offense, like, yeah, you might pick apart the bad defenses, but then when you got those good defenses, like part of, part of the game is the long bomb. When are you going to go long? Are you going to go short? Giving your, you know, the more field there is, the more plays you could run just look at um tim tebow thrown to demarius thomas uh back and over a while back where he hit him on a 20 yard dart that no one saw coming and he took that the rest of the way that is not happening with a short field and to rebut uh, rebuttal the ties um the nfl isn't looking to have more players get injured they want what they, can, what they feel is the fairest solution for both teams, which is why the rules have changed over time. But they really want to keep the injuries down, which is why they work on the special teams and they get that, you know, settled so there's less concussions, which is why they don't want the game just going back and forth and back and forth for who knows how long. That's just leaving more injuries, and that's just not fair to players. That's, uh, that's four minutes. Ian, do you have a final rebuttal before we close this down? Um, 
I guess, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just respond to those points real quick. Um, I think I could see that from the ties perspective uh, in a way, but at the same time, you've got to look at, um, you know, I don't see how the injuries would be increasing, assuming uh, you know, for any one team, assuming that, you know, this team has to drive 80 yards versus having just a couple, you know, two or three 25 yard drives. I don't see why that would really increase injuries per se. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have the stats to back that up, but I don't see why that would really change that. But also when it comes to the defense's side of the ball, um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying it has to be the 25 yard line, but just, I think it's fair and fairer uh, of an overtime rule to suggest that each team has to do the same thing. It's not just a kickoff and then there's just an extra period and then there's the scores. It's that they have to, they both have the same defensive strategy, the same offensive strategy from the same spot. And whoever has the better game plan for that exact spot is the, is the victor there. And so that's why I believe it's more of a, it's more of a fair overtime rule. And again, ending in tie would be, I don't I think entertaining entertainment wise, the worst thing in, in pro sports. Am I allowed to rebuttal what he said? <laughs> no, we'll, we'll end it there. And uh, maybe we can talk about it after the fact, but great job, both guys. Um, Derek and I are going to try to grade you on the merit of your arguments, not any opinion that we might have already held. Um, Derek, do you have any thoughts or would you like me to go first? I can jump in. I think this one, um, this one actually be pretty straightforward for me. Um, <clears throat> I agree 100% with Ian's final statements. However, Ian's final <laughs> statements are not in alignment with the debate question posed. It was current college rules or current pro rules. I do think that it should be a mixture of both. So what you pose at the end, Ian, I'm 100% in alignment with you on. But keep going. <laughs> you, you suggested a caveat to the college rules. So we were debating starting at the 25 and the current college rules. However, that doesn't really mean I'm making Jonah the winner, though. Because I'm I, – <laughs> hang on, hang on. So I think the opening comments – He's going to let me say first. first. Yeah, no, I'm, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it. So the opening comments, I think Ian had a better opening comment. And I think overall Jonah's rebuttal was uh, better and really rebuked Ian's point from his opening comment. So solely based on merits of the debate, I am going to award Jonah the winner. Personally, I think Lee, Ian's final statement is what I agree with, but based on the merits of the debate jonah is my winner can i say one thing real quick before i give my uh judgment i mean i guess i mean <laughs> I, I was saying in terms of you know the general college setup where it's like from one spot to one spot versus just a whole quarter i didn't necessarily know we i had to stick to the 25 yard thing but that's, ah, what, I was, okay. that's well, what i was that's what i meant when I was, you which clarified I that though. you're good even though you clarified that so you can – so my original – No, don't change your – don't change I'm your not thing. changing my thing. I think Jonah still won. That's still my opinion. Sure. But um, I still think he had the better rebuttal out of the two. Sure. Um, but anyway, yeah. I won't hold that I won't hold that part against you then. 
That was like, even lower for me, Ian, but no, I'm kidding. I feel like <laughs> still one. Just, just because Ian got to say one little thing, I'm going to say one little thing. <laughs> sure. All right. You did say, like, maybe not, uh, not not in these words, maybe not the 25, maybe a little farther back. And I feel like even though you're saying, yeah, the 25 still works, like, you are kind of then saying maybe the college rules need to change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is exactly what this section is supposed to be, guys. Well done. Um, I was not swayed by Derek or any of your previous, I mean, prior remarks that you just made there at the end. Um, I had already made up my mind. I thought that even though both of you made great points and Jonah may have dominated the uh, the playtime, uh, so to speak, so sorry. it it was a well-formulated argument. And I think that it what won me over was the idea that there is, although the goal is parity in the league, not all teams strategize and plan the same way. And you are eliminating... Um, special teams and that's a big part of a lot of teams game plan um and although there is a bit of randomness to the coin toss and seeing who gets to go first i think that there's not really a better way to decide that other than favoring someone and maybe that should be worked on but um i i liked jonah's arguments i thought that while the argument that ties are not good for entertainment value or fan base um that felt more in alignment with like that's just kind of like an, my that's my opinion that's not necessarily the uh strong argument point here in my opinion so anyway i think jonah won the won the debate i liked that he specifically addressed ian's points not that this is debate team but i liked uh i liked his format so i'm giving it to jonah I think this was our best debate yet, though. For sure. Episodes, for sure. This was the most enjoyable one. You guys did a very good job, both of you. So uh, I don't know if it means anything to either of you guys, but I don't. I didn't even really remember what the college overtime rules were before this debate, and I did not have a stake in the game at all. So I was definitely listening to see who would sway my opinion, and that's that's just where I landed. I thought you both made great arguments, and I don't really feel like there's a clear answer, but I feel like I want to side with Jonas's argument, if that makes sense. And uh, I will say, af- now that the judgments have been passed, I agree with Jonah. <laughs> uh, it's just the, the the way the game is played, the host has to take the opposite side. I don't agree with the college rules. Yeah, I think if you're going to play in the pro level, you your defense should have to be strong enough to stop the offense. I don't care who wins the coin toss. Right. And but that's... The- Injuries yeah. thing is actually – that's a fantastic point. It you is. can't just play forever. It is. I'm a very big injury advocate. You know, I, you know, uh, like I personally, I think that Thursday night, anytime a team plays a Thursday night game, I think it should have to be after a bye week, you know, instead of three oh, games. I so agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm totally yeah. on board with Jonah's argument, but <laughs> the, only thing I don't, the only thing I don't like with the current rules, though, is, is the whole if you score the touchdown first, then it's over. I, I don't like that piece of it. Well, see, I think I think the defense, though, if if because it's like if your defense is good enough, you should be able to stop them. You got there, you need to be able to stop them. True. But I don't know. So good, good job, Joni. You swayed me too. Something <laughs> <laughs> funny is I was actually before I, I chose when you when you asked me to choose, I really wanted to choose college rules because I feel like I am like you say the tie sucks. Mm-hmm. It also completely screws up the standings, but I just felt like that wasn't enough. 
of a reason, but like I really wanted to go with college rules. Right. Yeah, I I do like the I I do agree with what like agree with what I said. That doesn't make sense. I stand by what I said with the the tie thing. I mean, I hate the ties, but I mean, it is what it is with that with that current rules. So. But uh, with uh, you earned 25 points since you got both judges to agree with your side. So your total currently is 55 points. Nice. It's not bad. And now we're going to move into our final section, the over-under. In the final segment of our show, the over-under section, one of our hosts will fire off as many questions as our guest can answer in one minute. Based on the context, our guest will have to decide whether the number provided in the question is too high or too low by choosing the over or under. They will have the opportunity to wager any points they've accrued throughout the episode if they believe they can successfully answer five questions correctly in the allotted time. If they don't confidently believe they can accomplish this feat, they will be able to opt out of the wager and earn five points per correct answer. All right, Jonah, so you heard the rules from Sarah. What do you want to do? Do you want to double points, leave your points? What would you like to do? I would like to gamble, Derek, all my points. All right, gamble no more. Let's do it. All right, Ian or Mike, if you have the a timer, give me the go-ahead, and I will start with the first question. Okay, I've got the timer set for one minute, and the, I will start the clock after Derek finishes reading the, question, the first question. All right, here we go. Bengals' Brandon Wilson returned a kickoff for a touchdown this past week for over or under 95 yards. Over. Over, correct, 103. Antonio Gibson had over or under two touchdowns on Thanksgiving. He said over. Over, three, check. Wayne Gallman rushed for over or under 100 yards against the Bengals. Under. Under, correct, 94. Young Ho Koo made over or under four field goals against the Raiders. Over. Over, five. Cam Newton had over or under 100 yards passing against the Cardinals. Under. Under, 84. Devontae Parker had over or under 110 yards against the Jets. Over, 199. King Henry rushed for 178 yards and three touchdowns on over or under 25 attempts. Under. Over, 27. Eckler's first game back from the IR saw him go over or under 130 all-purpose yards. Over. Under, 129. A.J. Brown returned an onside kick for a touchdown against the Colts for over or under 40 yards. Over. Over 42. All right. What do we want to do with that last one? Now we'll give it to him. I say we'll get it. If you're yeah. in the middle of the question, they get it. Sure. Right. Um, All right. Two, two extra questions there above your five. Yep. So you get to double your points. So you're going from 55 to 110 uh, from that. And then, as Mike said, you got two extras on top of those five. So we're going to give you 10 more points. So you're total before the primetime picks draft is 120 points so i um i will say that is a great uh, that's better than gabby and d so that's that's an amazing start um unfortunately jeremy has such a great uh such a great one because he ended up with, with 160 um and so even if you come in first in the primetime picks mathematically you still can't beat jeremy but you could still get 150 points, which is still insane. I also had eight 
ton of fun and was so happy to be here. Awesome, man. Glad to yeah. hear that. That's great radio right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say more people hopefully will uh, come on and they're, they're in for a good time. Yeah. Uh, Those are gr- three great dudes, three very uh, welcoming guys. Glad to Thanks, hear that. And we are uh, we are in discussion of potentially having some sort of postseason of our own where leaderboard people can compete again since we realize there may be a flaw in our scoring system when sure. somebody can get almost everything right and then just be impossible to catch. Right. <laughs> yeah, especially considering the uh, trivia is all on us. So, like, it could be way easier one week than another and by no fault of the guests. I right. think it was perfect, like, the only reason why I did well was because Derek said, brush up on your facts. And I was like, okay, I looked at every single game <laughs> and all the stats. There you go. Play. Study up. He and took it to heart. Wow. <laughs> I looked up NFL stats to make sure if you guys said he just got number three or four. <laughs> nice. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Good deal, man. And oh, so, good job. yeah, that was it. That was awesome, man. So, uh, I guess we're going to shut her down now. Uh, so uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, uh, have a discussion with us. Uh, if you want to be on the show, uh, let us know. You can find us at Gauntlet Guys on Twitter, or you can email us at gridirongauntletshow at gmail.com. Uh, Jonah, you got anything left to say for us, man? Thank you guys for having me. I hope I can be back. Absolutely, man. We'd love to have you back. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>